Oh, good morning. All coffeeed up. Everybody ready to go? How many of you already had breakfast? Okay, I'm just curious. And how many of you go to breakfast after church? Okay, yeah, it's about half and half. That's kind of what I figured. But thank you for joining us. Hi, everybody online. Great to see you. Thank you for checking in with us. We are uh, having some fun this weekend. Now, I, I told you in my newsletter, if you, if you read that, that we're, we're having a party weekend. So I hope you brought your dancing shoes, all right, because we're going to party. It's interesting in this series, we have covered, you know, practice, what it means to practice. The series is called How We Change. And then we talked last week about sacrifice. And I think it's appropriate that this weekend we talk about celebration because celebration often comes after sacrifice. You know, you've, you finish the basement, you party, right? You, you get the fence up and you're excited, you're done. And so we are going to have kind of a, a normal teaching weekend. We typically, on the last weekend of January, we have You Count Weekend because January is anti-human trafficking month. But we had some problems. We had it all set. And then about a month ago, we had some challenges with the whole COVID thing. Have you guys ever heard of that? The whole COVID thing. Our speaker, uh, Ruth Darnley from the UK, couldn't guarantee that she could make it here because of some protocol stuff that she was facing. And we didn't want to do it all video and all that. So we said, let's just move it to October. So we will have You Count Weekend. Thanks for giving. Greg and Vicki Dix do such a good job leading that ministry, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to fight sex trafficking. But we want to celebrate what God has done in our lives. Now, some of the, some of the stuff that happens when we celebrate is, is just even recognizing what our church is about. And the, the first weekend of the year, I, I brought out two words, and I talked to you about being a people of hope and encouragement. I know you don't remember that because people never remember what the pastor talks about. But in the moment, um, it challenged us to say, will we be people of hope and encouragement in a world that's feeling pretty hopeless? So what we did, uh, I don't know that we've done this before in the past, but Pastor Jeff accumulate, accumulated all of the, the, the points that our pastors and our directors put on a piece of paper to say, this is how my department, my area, this is how we as, as young people, as young adults, as prime timers, it's how we want to bring hope and encouragement. And so this is about a, a three or four page document that you can find at guest services that is just written really well and it kind of is our vision for 2022. So if it's online, it's, it's on our website as well if you don't like hard copies. But for some of you who like that, go get that today and look through that and, and read that and be encouraged. And I think one of the things that encourages other people is when we do a good job with celebrations. You like being celebrated. You might not admit that, but you do. When someone knows it's your birthday or someone sends you a card, someone acknowledges something you did, it feels good. Well, God likes it too. He likes it when we give him glory. He likes it when we praise him. And so we are going to celebrate several unique things. Now, this is more than just kind of what you might call a happy, clappy, oh, yay, God. I'm, I'm talking about the discipline of celebration. You say, well, is there such a thing? There is. 
And, and that's what I want us to discover today. God, if you look through the Old Testament, you will see multiple times when God actually said to the children of Israel, you're going to party now. This is a feast. I want you to do it every year at this same time. And you're not going to work this whole week and you're going to eat great food and have drink and you're going to just enjoy the fam. And, that's, and they did. And they have, there's so many festivals that are days of just celebration. And God said, I command you to do it. And they said, but we're too busy. God said, no, you're not. You're not going to work today. If God requires us to celebrate the good things he has done, then why wouldn't we just take part and go all in? There are other times when, like when they crossed the Red Sea and they put stones. They said, build an altar here of stones. That's a, it's, a, it's a memory. So when your kids and grandkids come walking through here, you stop and you say, this is where we came across to the other side. I want you to celebrate that. I want you to remember that. So what are those pivotal points in our lives that we are supposed to celebrate? This, this is so amazing to me. I've never put it together like this, but Jesus is born on this earth. He's about 30 years old when he starts his ministry. And you would think to launch his ministry that maybe a miracle he would do would be to raise someone from the dead. How many of you know that would get people's attention? Maybe it would be finding that crippled man who everyone knew in the community and, and healing him so that it would be this big moment. But no, that's not what his first miracle was. Anybody know what it was? He turned water to wine. What occasion was that? It was a party. Jesus does his first miracle at a huge celebration. You guys, the way they do weddings... It's not like us. We party, but they party for hours and hours and sometimes even days. And Jesus is there. And, and if you remember the story, it's fascinating because they run out of wine. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes to her son Jesus and says, they're out of wine. Do something. And he says, Mom, it's not my time yet. And she looks at the servants and says, do whatever he says. And I think as she walks away, she looks back at him like, you get, this, you get this handled. And he says, go fill up the, the jars. And, and you know the story. It wasn't a physical healing. It was a celebration. Jesus launched his ministry at a party. A celebration. And he extended the celebration. Think of that. His work and his miracle extended the party. Now, I didn't bring any party tools with me. You know those things you blow on and they roll out? You know, I, I love those things. I loved those as a kid because I had four sisters. I could just go, you know, you could smack someone from a long ways away. But I didn't bring any of that. But I do know this. Party involves food and drink and joy and celebration and music. And it's just a, a big, nice time. How many of you have plans for a Super Bowl party? Anybody? Okay, you're, you're going to one. Okay, I'm going to one, and um, I'm not going to eat broccoli at that plate at that party. <laughs> party food is like stuff you shouldn't eat all the time, right? 
So it's an exception to the rule. So let's dive in. Let's look at these three things that I've put in your outline. Number one is celebration is easily forgotten. And that's why it's important that we make it a choice, that we make it a discipline in our lives. Because sometimes we forget, and, that, and that's for a lot of reasons. But in Luke chapter 10, there's a little story that I want to read, and I want you to just follow along and put yourself in this story and how it must have felt. Verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples, and there's 12 of them, so there's quite a few people here, continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Now, I love this. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here? (laughs) This is hilarious. And Mary's right there in the room. Isn't it unfair that she's just sitting here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. And I'm sure she's expecting the Lord to say, Mary, you should probably go help Martha. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, some translations are Martha, Martha, like it's a double, it's it's an endearing thing because he's about to correct her. You're worried and you're upset over all these details. There's only one thing that's worth being concerned about and Mary has actually discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Now that had to be frustrating for Martha and She's just distracted, and she missed the fact that Jesus was right there in her house. And she wasn't celebrating that. Now, I've got to be honest. This story bothers me sometimes a little bit because, like, talking about a Super Bowl party, if if Mary has one and Martha has one, I'm going to Martha's house, right? Because Martha cooks. Martha's preparing food. She's busy, and someone has to do that. And so it seems kind of weird, like, you know, if you're a Martha, you get the bad side of the stick in the story. But the truth is, this is talking about the difference between acknowledging Jesus is in the house and being so distracted and so busy. When you get busy, you forget to celebrate. You get bogged down. You get stressed out. And distractions can keep us from the good celebration that God has put right before of us. Even good distractions... What Martha was doing was good, but it wasn't the best because she lost sight of why she was doing it. You, can, you could be cooking dinner and still do what Mary was doing at the feet of Jesus. So what, what causes you to lose your celebratory spirit? Just think about that for a moment. Be honest. What happens to you when you lose your ability to celebrate the little things that God has put right in your lap. It can be responsibility. You know, if you have a, a stressful job, I mean, there are times when, man, you kind of you lose your joy. You're dealing with, you know, fixing problems and issues and conflicts and relationships. It can just be busyness. But are you willing to find something worth celebrating are you able to let your mind go in a discipline sense to say i'm going to discover what god has blessed me with today 
I was reminded a couple of weeks ago, we had Summit 1. Some of you were there, and, and then the, we, you saw the graduates of Summit 2. But in Summit 1, we do this pizza thing, and we have the pastors and directors all come, and we do this really fun changing tables, and they, in, the new people to our church get to meet all of our, a lot of our staff. And it happens really fast, and it's fun, but we always have food. And J-Matt, our youth pastor, said when he prayed for the food, he, he said something that has really just stuck with me. He said, Lord, thank you for this food because we know there are people in the world today that will not eat today. And we are grateful. And I was just like, wow, that's true. That's really true. And I've thought about that these last couple of weeks a lot when I sit down at a meal and just say, you know, and I don't think it's out of religious expression that, that I pray over my food before I eat. I grew up with that. Some of you didn't, and it's not a sin to just eat. And you can live grateful, but it's this idea of saying, I have food to eat. I am truly grateful. Second thing, celebration should become a spiritual practice. Celebration as a spiritual practice defines it differently than just going to a party and having fun. This is a discipline of bringing my will into submission to God who has, has provided for me in ways that sometimes I take for granted. And it's kind of like saying, I'm not going to take this for granted. I'm going to celebrate the blessings in my life. Now, here's what happened in John chapter 12. In verse 12, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man that he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served. Don't you love Martha? And Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary, most scholars believe this is a different Mary, um, could be Mary of Bethany or Mary Magdalene, took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance, and Judas was so excited about this. He said, this is lovely. No, look at what Judas is scary. The disciple who would soon betray Jesus, he has a lot of parentheses around his name. Every time it's mentioned, it's like giving this backstory. That perfume was worth a year's wages. How many of you would say that's a lot of money? That's a lot of money just to dump out. I mean, I, I think it is. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Verse 7. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Wow, another correction. Another moment to celebrate Jesus is in the house. Now, the logic, I'm a logic guy, uh, left brain dominant, and I, I like things in order. And it does make sense to me, whether Judas's motive was pure or not, that that seems, when I first look at it, kind of like a waste of money. What, what are you doing with that? We could have done something meaningful with that. But not in the story. Because the celebration of the presence of God 
was more important than anything else we could do. And I forget that. I, I sometimes lose the fact that I need a discipline in my life to recognize that the presence of God means everything. And I don't want to take that for granted. It's easy to think of, of celebration as being sort of foolish. You know, you're really going to do that? You're going to spend money to have a party? You're really going to buy those streamers? You're really going to like have this moment? You don't have to buy all that to celebrate. It seems kind of immature. Like we have work to do. Why are we stopping to have, you know, fun? Um, I would like to just say this. Celebration should not be reserved or reduced to an action that occurs only when there has been accomplishment. And, and you, can, you can grow up with this idea. Uh, it's funny how my wife, her name is Bonnie, and her dad, who's in heaven, thank God, today, he's, he's with the Lord, I believe that. But he was a tough man. And he was just tough. He grew up in a pretty tough family. His dad was hard on him. And he was a disciplinary guy. He went into the military. He, had, he just had these. And when I called him um, to, to ask for Bonnie's hand in marriage, because that was the tradition, that's what I was always taught, you call dad and get his blessing, and he said no. And I was, I was shocked. I said, why? He said, you're too young. I was, I was 19. Actually, I was 18 when I called him. And you've got to finish college. I want my daughter marrying someone who's finished college. <laughs> but I worked on him for a couple months and got his blessing. And he became like a father to me. Awesome guy. But he had this work ethic. And I'm not saying this in a negative way. It was just Malcolm. That was his name. He had this work ethic that they had this ranch. Their family had this ranch over by Meeker, Colorado in this little place called Buford. It's a big elk hunting thing. And when we would go there in the summer, we would have to work all day on the fence lines before we got rewarded by fishing in the White River, fly fishing in the White River at night. You couldn't fish in the morning. You couldn't fish in the afternoon. Not until the fencing was done. And then when you did that, you've earned your right to get your waders and go down to the White River and fish. Now, I love Malcolm for that great guy but that's not God's plan for us as his children you 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 think about this Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist and boom this voice out of heaven from God everyone hears it says this is my son in whom I am well pleased had Jesus turned the water to wine yet no had he done anything? No miracles, no ministry, no preaching, no teaching. He hasn't done anything. He's accomplished nothing in the sense of what so many people attribute to the work of Jesus. And yet his father says, I am well pleased. Why? Because that's the relationship God wants with you. It's not about you doing and having rewarded. Now you celebrate. It's about you accepting the love and the relationship and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life and being grateful that your Heavenly Father loves you whether you measure up or not. I love that about God. He loves me. I'm His son. You're His son. You're His daughter. We are called the family of God. All right, number three. 
And I really believe this is so true. Celebration is truly mostly about gratitude. Gratitude. Without gratitude, I don't think you can find anything to celebrate. Because they're related. There's something about living with thankfulness in my life that causes me to have the the courage to celebrate whatever it is that I'm celebrating because I'm thankful for it. And I recognize that I should be thankful for it. Think about this. Why, Why do we have this phrase? Misery loves company. Misery loves company. We don't, we, don't, we don't have the phrase celebration, love celebration. Why? Because our human nature pulls us down rather than up. Our human nature tends to go to the negative side of whatever it is we're looking at or doing, and we just see it more clearly. That's why misery loves company. As a matter of fact, it's difficult for some people to celebrate with you when things are going well. I've seen it happen. Oh, we're going on a cruise. I wish I could go on a cruise. Instead of celebrating that they're going on a cruise. And maybe it's, it's a tough time for you. But, but we are taught by God to rejoice with those who rejoice. To weep with those who weep. So there's this, this moment in our lives when we have to decide. How am I going to live? Am I going to celebrate? The qualities that I see in other people. Am I going to tell them? Even if I don't have that quality, maybe that's more cause to celebrate it because I see it in you. It's, it's, it's a thankful thing. It's a gratitude thing. There's a story in the Bible in Luke 15 where there's all these lost, that's lost sheep. It's the lost coin. And the last one is the lost son. Remember this? We call it the prodigal. And the son gets his inheritance and he literally... Goes and spends it all. He wastes it on crazy living. He becomes homeless. He lives in this pig. He wakes up one morning and he's with the pigs, literally. And the Bible says he came to himself. In other words, he had this moment of awareness. And and it says he thought to himself, I'm better off going back to my dad's house and being a servant there than I am living the way I'm living now. It was a realization. So he headed home. And the Bible says that when he was coming home, his father saw him from a long ways away. I don't know if he just knew that walk or that cadence or whatever it was, but he knew that was his son. What a beautiful picture. And he runs out to meet him. And he says, welcome home. Get the robe. Get get the ring. The family crest ring, get it, get it. We, he, our son, he's, he's back. Put sandals on his feet. Fill, kill the fatted calf. It's time to what? Celebrate, to party. Get the band, let's go. And all is going well until who shows up? The brother. The elder brother is furious. Dad, all these years, I've done everything you've asked me to do, and this guy's squandered our money and inheritance, and he comes home, and you make this big deal out of it, and he won't even come in the house. Man, I see this in our world today, you guys. I want to I just ask you to consider something. 
Is it odd to you that all three of these stories, every party has a pooper? Think about it. Mary's worshiping Jesus and Martha kills it. Mary is anointing the the feet of Jesus and Judas kills it. The prodigal comes home and the older brother kills it. Does that say something about our human nature and our our tendency to want to stop the party? What is that about us? And is it in me? Is there something in me that I just refuse to be joyful? I just refuse to accept that. That's not reality. Well, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes I'm sad. I see some tough stuff as a pastor, let me tell you. When you're there at the worst and you see families that hate each other and you see death and you, you see sickness and you see all these things and you're trying to navigate, it's not always joyful. And I'm not saying that you live fake But as long as I have breath on this earth, I promise you I'm going to recognize that God is still God. And that is worth celebrating in my life. And I recognize that he has a plan when I have none. He has a plan when it's sad. He has hope for me when it's discouraging. And I want to live with that discipline in my life to say, I am not going to live in despair. I'm not going there. Sometimes I watch the news and I go, oh, turn it off. But it's good for me to watch it because there are hard places in the world and it causes me to pray and it causes me to be burdened. But I know there are times when I need to recognize the presence of God is the most important thing in my day today. And I acknowledge you, God, and all the fallenness around me. My soul will be lifted up, and I will exalt you as my God. Who are you in these stories? Who am I in these stories? As we wrap this up, I have a lot to celebrate. Like, what are some, what are some of the things that I should practice celebration? My anniversary is one of them. Bonnie and I have been married a lot of years, and I am thankful, and thank God I've never forgotten our anniversary. How many of you have a salvation day, like you know the date that you came to faith in Jesus Christ? I am, I'm so thankful that you have that. I hope you have a party every year on that day. I'm serious, I do. I don't have a date. I, I, I came to know the Lord through osmosis growing up in a family. I don't like remember one moment where I, I, I said, this is the day. I wish I did, though. I should just make one up and celebrate it. But A baptism day, that's an actual date. Birthdays, family. Christmas and Easter, obviously those are big days. But what are some other days? So this week, I'm going to invite you to, cha- I'm going to challenge you with, I have three things in your outline. Number one, try this. Please try it. Look for three new things to appreciate this week. And the reason I put three is to make you work a little bit harder. Because I know you could think of one. When I was doing this myself, I always do this before I bring it to you. I, pr- I practice this. And the first one I wrote down was that I'm breathing without a respirator. 
there are a lot of people that would like to have breath without a machine. That's sobering. It's a little thing, but I, I take it for granted all the time. You say, well, you can't just live. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. No, I, know, I realize that, but there's something about recognizing these little things. So think of three things. The second one is find a trait in another person to celebrate. It might be your kids. And you, you sit them down and you say, hey, I love this about you, buddy, or sweetie, whatever. I love this about you, even if they're ornery. <laughs> maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's your parents. I don't know. But find someone, a friend, someone you go, I really appreciate this trait in your life, and I haven't always appreciated it like I am now, and I see it in you. And the last one is, what, what is a unique milestone that you could think of that you, you should celebrate um, sometime in the year? What, what does that look like for you as a, a marker in your life to say, maybe it's when you started business, or maybe it's when you did something else, or it's, maybe it is an accomplishment. But you're going to say, I'm going to celebrate this as a discipline. We have sticky notes. It's really fun to see these walls fill up. We're doing this at all of our campuses, and we have just a few more weeks of this. But the, there are pins and there are sticky notes over there, so you don't have to take that stuff with you. But I'd like for you to consider doing this before you leave today. What are you going to celebrate this week? Just think of one thing and write it on a sticky note. What are you going to celebrate this week? Maybe it's something you've never celebrated before. If it happens to be like your birthday, well, lucky you. That's easy. I want us to pray. Lord, open our eyes. Let us understand what Mary felt when she was just sitting at your feet listening to your words, enjoying that presence. What was that like? Remind us, Lord, to celebrate your presence. Remind us to rejoice with those who rejoice today. Remind us to see the joy in their face. Help us to be givers and not takers. Help us to bring life in, not take life out of, of the spirit of mankind. Show us what that looks like. As a discipline, show us how to celebrate. Show us how to be the party people in the right sense of that word. And if you're here today without Jesus, if you're listening online and you've not made a commitment to follow Jesus, Right now where you are, would you pray this with me? Lord, I'm coming to you and I need you. Forgive me of my sin. I receive you by faith that you are the Son of God and my Lord. And I will serve you the rest of my life. Make that step and live with gratitude. Lord, we choose to be thankful and live with gratitude in your powerful name.
we pray. Amen. Amen.